And I want you to welcome this morning Brother Eddie God as he comes to begin our world evangelism. Hey, good to be here. I'm glad to see you too. <laughs> you get a certain age, you're glad to see anybody. And uh, it's good to be here. I, I preached in the old building. I don't know it's over here, over here, back here somewhere. And, uh, but uh, it's just good to be here. I've uh, known Brother Billy for years. Uh, I, if you'll come to the meeting, I, I won't keep you all night. I, I heard about a guy a while back. He preached and preached and preached and preached, and everybody just about went to sleep. And uh, so uh, the preacher said, okay, said, before you leave, I want you to turn to your neighbor sitting beside him and introduce yourself. This guy was, uh, uh, this, this guy was just waking up and this woman turned to him and she said, uh, I'm Gladys done. He said, you and me both, lady. And uh, <laughs> so I hope you won't be saying that this morning. But I want you to take your Bible and, uh, and turn to 1 Kings chapter 12. 1 Kings 12, stand with me. We're going to pray the remain standing and we'll read a little bit from the Word of God. Father, we ask you to help us today. Uh, help us to do what we'll be glad we did 10 million years from now. Thank you for saving us and being so good to us. And God, speak to our heart this morning. Give us liberty in Christ's name. Amen. I'm going to tell you the story here. Solomon had died and his, uh, his son Rehoboam. Uh, the old men came to him and they said, uh, listen, said, uh, your daddy was hard on us, but if you'll lighten up a little bit, we'll serve you. I mean, we'll stick with you. We'll be faithful to you and we'll serve you to the grave. And, uh, he sent him away and he went to the young men and the young men told him, said, listen, you go tell them if they thought your daddy was hard on them, you, uh, uh, he, he, we're going to be so hard on them. They won't be able to stand it. And so the kingdom split. And uh, Rehoboam took the southern kingdom and Jeroboam took the northern kingdom and it came time for uh, the Jews to, to go up to Jerusalem and, and he was afraid, Rehoboam was afraid for them to go up there. They said, hey, uh, they'll turn back to uh, Jeroboam, I mean Rehoboam and, and uh, they'll kill me and Take the kingdom. And so he, he made uh, some images and high places right there where they wouldn't have to go so far. And here's my thought this morning. And, and verse 28, whereupon the king took counsel and made two casts of gold and said unto them, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. You may be seated. He said, It's too much for you to go up to uh, Jerusalem. You know, uh, he gave them exactly what they wanted. You, you know what they wanted? Uh, they wanted an easy religion. And you know, people want an easy religion today. They'll say, you know, it's too much to go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and, and Wednesday night. Uh, it's too much uh, to work and take portion of my money and give to God. It's too much to spend time in prayer or to uh, uh, give out a track or, or to witness. It's just too much. And but listen, in light of all that God's done for us, is it too much for God to ask us to sacrifice and, and to serve him? In light of eternity, men and women are going to spend eternity somewhere, either uh, in heaven or in hell. In light of, of hell, is it asking too much 
uh, for us to send the gospel around the world. Hey, in light of heaven, think about a place. The song leader said he just can't wait to go to heaven. Well, uh, I can wait a little while longer. And uh, But uh, in light of Bible heaven, uh, can you imagine a place where there won't be any unhealthy people? I've had five preacher brothers younger than I am to die in the last about two years. I mean, good buddies, God preached, uh, preached for. And, uh, but listen, heaven, no unhealthy people. Half the people I know are sick or getting ready to be sick. Well, I go to the rest home and see people I used to visit with. They just sit there and don't know they're in the world, don't know me. So Somebody said, well, they, why you go see them? Uh, they don't know who you are. I said, I know who they are. No unhealthy people. In light of that, no unhappy people. Think of all the unhappiness in the world. Is it too much in light of, of the riches of God's grace after what God has done for us. You know the Bible says, uh, be not deceived, the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Neither fornicators, adulterers, effeminate, liars, thieves, drunkards shall inherit the kingdom of God. And listen, but listen to this, and such were some of you. Mm-hmm. There's one thing I know about all of us this morning. We're all exes. You're either an ex-fornicator, adulterer, liar, thief. You're an ex-something. You were a sinner because God said all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. And so in light of all of that, all that God's done for us, is it too much? For God to ask us to be faithful. You, you know why we grow weary in well-doing and faint in our Christian life? I'm going to tell you why. We forget what God did for us. Hey, we forget one day back there, God gave us a hearing. You know, uh, my wife and I, we've been married 52 years Tuesday. I don't know how she's put up with me. But I'm telling you, before I got right with God, it it wasn't a very good marriage. And and we were going to get a divorce. And I didn't care. Her mother lived in West Virginia, and she went back to West Virginia to tell them that she couldn't take anymore. You know, it's rough when a guy doesn't come home (laughs) three or four days, five days at a time. But anyway, they got me to, I lived in Durham. Used to work in Chapel Hill. I bleed Carolina blue. I used to cut all those basketball players' hands. Hey, I'm talking about back in early 60s. But anyway, she went there and they called me and started, asked me to come to West Virginia. I really didn't want to go, but I went. Didn't know they're having a revival, a little country church. Church down the cemetery. They got me to go to church on Sunday night. And a couple men had seen me that morning. If I, 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 look, I weighed 123 pounds. I've got over that. 
My wife said to me one time, when I hug you, I feel like I'm hugging myself. But two guys had seen me, and they didn't go home after church that day. They went to the woods and fasted and prayed. Called on God for me. When they asked me to go to church at night, hey, I went to church. They put a little feats on the prayer. <laughs> the old guy came and he said, you didn't get saved this afternoon, did you? Eddie Ray? I said, I started squalling. I said, down that aisle on him, two or three men knelt around me. My wife knelt beside me. And listen, and God gave me hearing. I asked the Lord to save me. And they said, uh, and nothing happened. I said, Lord, save me. Nothing happened. They said, you feel better? I said, no. Boy, they'd start praying again. Listen, you could have heard them over another church, the old church. Oh, God, they'd say, save Eddie. And I just, in my, listen, I never, I never said one word out loud. But in my heart, I was saying, Jesus, save me, Jesus. And they said, they said, you feel better. Just let go. And my wife finally said to those men, somebody take the Bible. And show them what God says you got to do to be saved. They took a little New Testament. And I read, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And And that night, God gave me a hearing. My life. You mean after God has done that for me? I wouldn't want to get the gospel to other people that he might do the same for them. Amen. Hey, that's not the only time God gave me hearing. You know, when I left, left the church I pastored and uh, I, I, I got an old, you remember the Oldsmobile diesels? Remember that? And I had an old, oh, it was a nice car, pretty, but the only thing was the diesel. And one night I was coming out of Illinois. I'd, I'd finished a mission conference there. I was coming out of Illinois. And I heard the awfulest sounds you've ever heard in your life. Boy, that thing just and just blew up. And here I am out there in the middle of nowhere. And, and I don't know anything about a car, but I know one thing. When a diesel blows up, you don't go anywhere. And I pulled up beside the road. And here's what I said. I said, God, help me. I'd seen a program on TV. If your car breaks down the interstate, they said they're just people driving along that interstate just looking for somebody to rob. And said, if your car breaks down, especially if you're a woman, go to the woods or somewhere and hide no daylight. Well, you see something like that, your car blows up. Not a light anywhere. And I said, God help me. I had a, it, it, it had a built-in CB Radio. Listen, I'd never in my life talked on a CB radio. You say, well, I didn't know the language. Uh, 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 I, I couldn't talk like that. And I turned on that CB and I said, hey, I, I, I need some trucker out here to help me. And, and, and this guy said, uh, what trucker? I said, where are you? I said, I'm, uh, I'd seen a sign down there that said the four mile marker. And I said, I'm somewhere between the four and the five yard line. <laughs> and, and, and when I said that, immediately I thought, I said, man, I've been watching too much football. I said, I mean, I'm between the four and the five mile marker. And I said, and I said, I need some help. My car, I said, I think my car's blowing up. I knew my car blowing up. And listen, I got in the back of my car and got my gun. You say, why'd you get your gun? I thought you... 
You trusted God. That's to keep them off till God gets there. <laughs> Amen. And so, listen, and, and I got my gun, and I no more than put that gun in my pocket. Here pulled a big, brand new white rig up. And a guy got out just like this. He said, what do you need? I said, my car's blowing up. He, listen, he said, what? I said, take me. He said, want me to take you to the next? I said, no, take, where are you going? He said, Nashville. I said, take me to Nashville. I'll call my wife. And he never took his hand out of his pocket. I looked, I said, Red, what's your name? He said, Red. I said, Red, I'm a preacher. And he never helped me get anything. I got all my stuff. But when I saw my Bible, he kind of relaxed. And, and, and I asked him, I said, Red, why do y'all talk like y'all do on those CBs? <laughs> I said, I, you talk just as nice as you can on that CB. I said, I can't understand it. He said, he said, I don't know. But listen, hey, God gave me hearing. Now listen to me. You mean after God, I could sit here and tell you time after time, not just when he saved me, but many times I've called on him when I didn't know what I was going to do, and he gave me hearing. Hey, you mean after God does that, I wouldn't want other people to know God. Not only gave me hearing, hey, that night he gave me a hand. You, you, you just like David's men went and got Mephibosheth, and, and, and listen, he couldn't walk. He was laying on both feet. So was I. And, and he reached down, listen, old Billy Kelly sing when he reached down, and reached down and brought me from over here in my sin and set me right down in the middle of Jesus Christ, in the middle of the grace of God. Listen, he did for me what nobody else could do when he gave me a hand. Amen. And you know what? Before I got right, well, why I wasn't right with God, my, my wife asked the pastor there in Durham it, it, to talk to me, and he asked me this. He said, will you go see a psychiatrist? They wanted to help me quit drinking liquor and taking dope. I said, Could you, uh, would you go up to Baptist Hospital in Winston and see a psychiatrist? I said, I'll go. I, I tried to quit all this stuff. I talked to my wife. I'd made her promises, and, and I'd last two or three days, and boy, I was right back out there. Well, the devil mess your life up. But it, it, before I went to see the psychiatrist, I got right with God. But they still, they still wanted me to go. You know, they want to help God a little bit. And so anyway, we went up to Baptist Hospital, my wife and I, and, and the preacher, and old Dr. Van Murrell and his wife. And uh, I went in there. They, they were out there, and I'm sitting there, and, and he's sitting there. He says, uh, what kind of a life did you have? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, how about you, mom and daddy? said, uh, he wanted me to say my fault wasn't why I did like I did because my mom and daddy, I guess, didn't get me a toy sometime or another. And I said, I had a good mom and daddy. I said, my daddy hardworking, my mom and daddy. I said, they were church people. Hey, listen, if somebody goes astray, it's not the mom and dad, all the mom and daddy's fault. Good people have trouble with crazy kids. <laughs> Amen. And, uh, but anyway, uh, I, I, I remember that psychiatrist. He said, he said, you, you know what I mean. And I said, I had a good mom and daddy. And he, he said, well, what's your problem? I said, I don't have any. I said, you know, I got right with God. And I'm going to heaven. Listen, he, he, I, I don't believe 
I know he was a Baptist. I, I, I know he was a psychiatrist at the Baptist hospital. I don't believe you knew what I was talking about. He went out there to Dr. Van Merlin. He said, don't bring him up here anymore. I can't help him. Let me tell you something. That's, that's been almost 50 years ago. I, I don't take dope and I don't drink liquor and I don't run women. You say, why? Because he gave me a hand. He gave me hearing. And he gave me a hymn. And I don't mean that kind that old maid's looking for. He gave me an H-Y-M-N. He put a song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. You, you know, the church I got right in was a little country church. And uh, I, I went to church the next night to revival. And... Uh, had a devotional leader. <laughs> and, uh, there wasn't 30, 35 people there. And, and that devotional leader got up and he said, well, uh, would somebody like to give a testimony? And my heart was going. I mean, I, I just knew. I they're talking about me. My heart was going like that. Somebody stood up and testified. And he said, uh, somebody else. And then he said, maybe you haven't been saved very long and you'd like to give a testimony. <laughs> hey, my heart was going. I was the only one there that hadn't been there 40 years. And then he said, <laughs> they didn't worry about what you're introvert, extrovert, what kind of person. He said, he said, maybe you got right with God last night. <laughs> and, and, and listen, and you would like to say a word for the Lord. My heart was going. And listen, and finally they said this, Eddie Ray, they called me by my name and they said, would you like to say a word for the Lord? And listen, and Brother Billy, I got up and sang my hymn. I said, thank God for saving us all. Y'all pray for me. That's my hymn. And I went back to Durham. People would come by. I used to go to the Amvets Club. I, I love the Amvets Club because of what they did. Up if you're not right with God, you love that. Club. I mean, we gabbled and danced and the whole thing, drank liquor at the Amvets Club. And uh, people come by and said, hey, Goddard, where you been? Haven't seen you up at the Amvets Club. And Billy, I'd, I'd sing a man. I'd say, hold up in West Virginia. I was scared to death every time. I said, my heart beat down my chest. I said, when I'm in West Virginia and I got right with God, I said, I got saved. Some of them just kind of shake their hand. They said, you'll be back two weeks. Listen, but I sang my hymn. Amen. I went down to the pool room. Old, old, uh, got out the pool room money. Kept a count down all the time. And uh, I went down there and I told them, I said, I won't pay. I'm going to show you. I won't pay you. I said, uh, I went up West Virginia and got saved and I sang my hymn. Old Roland Leary came in. Roland was a bail bondsman. I owed him some money for getting me out of jail. And he said, uh, I said, Roland, if you'll come by every Saturday morning, I said, get better. I said, I'll give you a little bit of money. And I told him, I sang my hymn, told him how God had saved me up in West Virginia. And boy, I, th I thought I'd done it all. I'd have told everybody. And then, you, you know, you pray and I say, God, I just want to please you. I just want to do what you, I don't care, God. I just want to obey you. And uh, I kept seeing a golf club, a two-iron, bamboo shaft. I'd stole that at the Hillendale Golf Course. 
Man, old Robert Edwards out there playing golf. I had my clubs. Robert rented his. And uh, I said, well, I've never seen a club like that, a bamboo shift. Nobody can hit a two-hour anyway. And he said, he said, well, just take it. Said, they'll never miss it. Well, I took it. He threw up my bag and I threw up my car. He said, they'll never miss it. He turned his clubs in. They didn't miss it. Well, after I got saved, the only time I ever played golf was on Sunday. So I, I, I went to church on Sunday. I sold the golf clubs. I kept seeing that golf club. And I said, well, God, you know, I, uh, I, I sold them. I don't have it. And I kept seeing that golf club. I, so I, I, I went to where the boy worked to sold them to. He wasn't there. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I, I said, what's his last name? I called him. I said, Jimmy, you still got those clubs I sold you? He said, yeah. I said, would you let me buy that two iron back from you? And I sang him my hymn. I told him, what's well, your you got saved? I said, oh. Take that club out. Listen, I went over to the golf course. Monk Jones didn't own it anymore. I called him. I, I said, Miss Jones, I, and I sang my hymn. I said, I said, I went up West Virginia and got saved. And I said, I stole the golf club from me. She said, she said, I, we've got thousands of golf clubs. We got a garage full of golf clubs. She said, I don't. I said, no. I, I never forget parking that little old Volkswagen right from Watts Hospital. <laughs> Fell so dumb and took it. Two iron and walked up to that big fine house and wrapped that door and gave her club back, asked her to forgive me, sang my hymn. You listen to me. And I said, all that say this. You mean to tell me after God and all that God's done for me gave me a hearing, gave me a hand when, listen, nobody in this world could help me and put a song in my heart and allow me to witness for him and tell people about it. You mean to tell me I wouldn't want to give to missions so that other people could get a hearing? How shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? I'm going to ask you to this. If I were to say to you this morning, is it too much for God to ask us to give a little bit of our income, not your tithe. Brother, Brother Tim told you, your tithe goes to your church. Is it asking too much for us to pray and ask God what he'd have us to do to keep people out of hell? And, and give a listen, what, what, we waste more money you can shake a stick at. Most of us eat too much. A lot of people are all starving and going to hell. Don't know Jesus Christ, never heard of Jesus Christ. It's like I was on the mission field. Old Buck Sanford's in heaven now. He asked this guy, you, you know Jesus Christ? He said, he no live in this village. Buck said, God have mercy, Goddard. He said, he did, he did never heard of Jesus Christ. Is it too much? As good as God's been to us. If I were to ask you today, how many of you God's been good to you? Listen, and you can look back in your life and remember what God did for you back there. Then is it ask God asking too much for us to make a little sacrifice and give so that other people can hear the gospel? I'll tell you this, I'm going to quit. I told somebody I got a lot more to say, but uh, I went to Soul Valley Baptist Church. That church I got saved, then I later pastored it. Became a large church and, and uh, God blessed preachers out there. But they didn't have a mission program. I, 
They didn't support any. Mr. Hazel got none. I asked the guy, I said, well, how about missions? He said, well, uh, we used to give some to the uh, association, but he said, uh, we don't do anything now. We, they'd come out of the association. They said, we don't, we don't do anything now. And uh, I, I, I got up and preached a sermon, and I said, listen, how many of you? We, 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 uh, uh, we didn't take an offer on permit night. We started taking an offer, and I divided. I said, oh, "Who you want to take on?" I said, "Lester, roll off." Solomon Lobby and Roy Grigsby. <laughs> we took them on. That's how much you go give them. I said, "We're gonna, we're gonna, whatever comes in." And I did that for several years. I'd preach on faith promise, and, and I asked them to in their hearts, you know, West Virginians are hard headed. Say, hey, you know, well, my daddy was a West Virginian, and. Uh, I thought, I'm, I'm going to do the faith promise this year. I'm going to pass out cards, and we're going to do the faith promise. And, uh, but I knew how they were. After I was there about five years, I thought, I don't care if they run me off or not. I, I'm going to do it. Well, they surprised me. Man, they gave. They're, they're a great missionary church. But my dad, I was my dad's pastor, my mom's pastor. And, and my dad, he'd say, Ed, he said, I don't believe in that old faith promise. He associated that with Methodists dunning you for money. He said, I don't believe in that old faith promise. Hey, mom did. Mom never worked. She took dad's money and gave to faith promise. Listen, if my mom was sick and couldn't come, she'd say, Eddie, she'd say, come over here and get my missions money. I say, mom, but wait, she said, no, no, they might need it. And I thought the other day, I thought, dad's in heaven, mom's in heaven. Mom's going to get rewarded for giving dad's money. <laughs> you know what the Lord will say to Otto M. Goddard? You don't believe in that old faith promise. <laughs> I'm going to ask you this morning. Is, how many of you God's been good to? Let me ask you this now. I don't want you to raise your hand unless you, how many of you think it's too much to ask you to give to me? So let me see your hand. If you believe it's too much to ask you. Okay, I want you to bow your head. I want you to do this. How many of you will pray right now and say, God, what do you want me to give to keep people out of hell? That's what missions is about. It's about keeping people out of hell. Would you pray and ask God, God, what do you want me to give to keep people out of hell? I want you to ask God that then. Later, I want you to put that on that card. And Brother Billy, won't you have the uh, offering plates around the doors? And, and you can put it in the offering plate. Some of you might want to pray more and give it out tonight. Would you do that? Would you ask God what he wants you to give? And put not your tie, and give to keep people out of hell. Aren't you? You know what? Somebody gave and built that little old church in the country where I got saved. Somebody brought a preacher in there and paid him some money in that little church where I got saved. Somebody gave. They say nothing good ever happens unless somebody gave. Think about what God, Christ, gave for you. Ask God what to have you do. Now, just a moment we're going to sing. How many of you this morning? will come and kneel around your kneel somewhere and thank God for what he's done for you. Can you remember? Go back in your mind and remember what God did for you. Remember what you were? You're an ex-something today, <laughs> I'm telling you. Would you do that, God? 
I pray that each person, I pray if there's one here this morning that's lost and doesn't know you, I pray they'd come. Lord, I pray Christians would kneel and thank you that one day you gave them a hearing. They called on you, gave you a hand, put a song in their heart, even praise unto our God. I pray your will be done this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand? Would you come? Say, God, thank you. Remember what God did for you. Man, I'm telling you, wouldn't we be a mess without God? I used to have an old deacon. He'd sing, tell a thank him for what he has done. I must look back to the crucified one. On that beautiful shore, I must kneel once more just to thank him for what he's done. Isn't God good? I mean, God's so good. And sometimes I'm so sorry and sometimes I get weary in well-doing. Hey, you might be here this morning and you don't know Christ. Why don't you come? Maybe your heart's cold. Maybe you think it's too much. Come and rededicate your life to God. Hey, maybe God wants you to go to a field somewhere. But I know one thing. God wants us to go in our neighborhood and invite people. Amen. And I know God wants us to send the gospel around the world. He said he died for the sins of the world. Brother Billy, you come and lead us in prayer. I appreciate you listening to this. God's so good. Have you ever thought, where would I be? Or where would you be without Christ? Brother Billy, you pray.